Well, look who showed up. Hey now, hey now, the podcast is back. Took a hiatus, cleansed the palate, but now it's time to let our dim light shine again. So let's open the lounge for episode 1A, as in awesome. Uh, So I did a quick intro to set this episode up. I have known you, Tony, for as long as I've known essentially anybody. Many, many years. We've always had a love of radio, like Howard Stern, Phil Hendry, Jim Rome. There's just an art to broadcasting, and I've always loved it. And that's why... I do this stupid podcast because I love the art of broadcasting. You also love the art of broadcasting. So let me give you the floor real quick to just talk about why it is that you would want to do a podcast. Well, yeah, I don't know if we really grew up in the radio era. When I was a kid, I always did, you know, I I used the radio. What else kids use for, you know, like listen to music, but then I got older, got into sports, you know, just like you found people like Jim Rome, which me and you connected with, it, yeah. which was awesome, because we would listen to it every day and then talk about all the crazy shit that he would drop, and it was a whole new world of entertainment, and it just launched from there, essentially, where I, I'm, I'm, I love it so much that I'll go back and I'll listen to, literally, radio from the 30s and 40s. No way. I have not done that. I mean, I am a student of the genre. I love talk radio, but I have not done 30s and 40s. Who is the king of all media in the 30s? (laughs) So back in the day, before television, grab a seat, kids. This is going to be a good story. You know, there was no television. There was no television shows. So they had what would be like a sitcom. Right. Or, yeah, for lack of a better term, a sitcom on radio it would be 30 minutes long with commercials you know and then they would do all the sound effects of glass breaking of a bullet being fired i'm i'm thinking more of the 50s probably than the i can't imagine what the (laughs) 30s would be i'm sorry you found a hole in my historical knowledge in the 50s it would be grab a lucky strikes boys we're back from the war there's a great show from back in the day probably in the 50s i would guess that uh it's called boston blackie and he lived in New York City, but his name was Boston Blackie. Oh, he was a boy. private detective. A private detective. So this is not a racial thing. I got. I mean, I. I. This is the first time I've heard of this. I immediately have to pump the brakes. Boston Blackie sounds a little <laughs> too close to the line. Uh, yeah, I listen. I, I, got, I listen to a lot of Boston Blackie. All right, I did for you know a, a time there, not so much. But you know, they all had like the old school gangster '50s talk. You know. Yeah, see, that, that whole, nah, that whole lingo. Nah. You know, I, I've gone all over the map, Jim Rome, like we were talking about, and my old school radio. I guess it all really started with Howard Stern. Once we started listening to Howard, it was like, wait, what is this? And That's obviously so it was insane. It was, it was completely insane. Like, it, like nobody, could, nobody ever did it before. Nobody could do it. And, uh, Many people have tried to duplicate what he did, and uh, nobody's succeeded. Nobody. <laughs> Is it too early in the podcast to ask you to do a Hall of Fame ranking of your favorite broadcaster? I don't want to be a cheesy segment coordinator, but allow me to immediately ask 
please rank your favorite broadcasters. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Bar none. It doesn't matter whether it's a podcast environment. You can go with that Adam Carolla. Any medium, any time. Who's your top five? I, I mean, when you hit two of them off top, I, I, I do love Adam Carolla. But I've listened to Adam Carolla since he hosted Love Line with Dr. Drew. You know, I love, I'll tell you a story about... about um, I happened to hear one snippet one time. Uh, somebody had a tape, literally a cassette tape, that recorded of Love Line, and it was one of our, one of both of our favorite stand-up comedians, Jay Moore, was the guest. Oh, I've actually listened to this episode count three hundred thousand times over the years because it's it's literally that funny. Jay Moore and Adam Carolla, two of the best just off-the-cuff riffers on planet Earth probably ever. And just going back and forth for two hours, it was it was 100% psychotic. And any normal human that would listen to that would be like, oh, these dudes, none. But I'm not normal, so I was like, these, these guys are like love my long-lost brothers, you know? Like, <laughs> Let me get serious here. I gotta get serious on you. I gotta ask about Art Bell. Art Bell, from the Kingdom of Nye and the High Desert, the original conspiracy radio. I thought it was wildly entertaining. Maybe it was just because I was young at the time or whatever, impressionable, (laughs) but I thought Art Bell was the key, dude. May I please ask for your thoughts? I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned Art Bell because, in the panic of you asking this question to me, I'm like, all right, who are the top five? Who are the top five? And Art Bell, Art Bell for sure is the top five on anybody's list. Of course, anybody, anybody who's ever turned on a radio should have Art Bell in the top five. (laughs) I don't even know about your 1930s thing. I hope I went back and edited all of that out of the show by now. Art Bell's like one of those guys that, like, kind of like Howard for me, where I, I kind of remember when I listened to him for the first time, and, and I was I was I was working a, a stupid factory job, twelve hour shift graveyard, six p.m. to six a.m. We were able to like listen to you know your Sony Walkman, sure, right, and sure, I would just always listen to like you know old school music or whatever, and then one of my buddies might have been your brother potentially said hey check out this am station this is, it, it's crazy you just gotta listen to it it's crazy i have no idea what i'm about to listen to i don't know if it's real i don't know if it's fake i have no idea what it what is, is but I'm hooked. dude from the first segment the first segment i'm hooked for life yes. for life Absolutely. Like, i can't I'm get so away good. from this guy welcome to art bell somewhere in time from the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you may be across the globe, and it's a big listening audience out there. From the kingdom of Nye. Obviously, not everybody has had an experience with an entity, but as you can clearly see as you listen this morning, enough people have in enough ways that it merits your attention. Yes. In essence, a portal has opened, allowing not just the spirit of his mother-in-law, but more to come through. 
that's worth uh, some thought. And this morning, this evening, whatever the case may be, across all these time zones, we are going to talk about nothing but ghosts. The subjects that he would get into about time travel and things from other planets. It was just some of the greatest radio that I've ever heard in my entire life. And anytime that I, you know, I mimic it or try to do the Art Bell voice, I just, it's, it's done out of such pure love of the art form. And one of the reasons that I was so psyched about doing a podcast with you was because, you know, not everybody on the planet recognizes that Art Bell was one of the greatest geniuses of our time. True genius. 100% true genius. Dude, his live reads were legendary. Some of the things that he would advertise on that show... In the event of a magnetic shift, you and everyone you love could be jettisoned into space. But not if you have the Earth Handle by Piedmont Enterprises. Simply plunge the sharp side of the Earth Handle into the ground, then hold on to the comfort-fit grip to avoid certain death during a sudden gravitational shift. It's the Earth Handle, new from Piedmont Enterprises. I mean, live reads are just part of commercial broadcasting. There's really no way around it. And even on a big-time show, the products are usually garbage. Jim Rome, total mainstream success. CBS, News and Now stuff. One of his sponsors, and I'm sure you'll remember it here when I say it, was Bang Cologne. Oh, yeah. Irresistible oh, yeah. allure. Oh, I remember, I remember the Bang spots for you sure. You remember Those the Bang awesome. spots? <laughs> We're doing live reads for Bang. If, they, yes. if Bang reaches out... <laughs> Uh, I did have one thing to say. I, I, let's go back to Art Bell real quick. So just real quick. The one thing I remember, I remember a bunch, but where he would say, if you're west of the Rockies, call this number. And if yes. you're east of the Rockies, call this number. Yes? One of the, <laughs> yes. Yes, the answer is yes. One of Art Bell's great gimmicks was that he had different lines from where you were. If you're east of the Rockies, call one 800 636 one, two, three, four. But wasn't it the same it's number? It's all the though? same well, number. If you're west of the Rockies, one eight hundred one two three. Wild card line one eight hundred one two three. This guy's a genius. One hundred. <laughs> He's such a genius. To reach Art Bell in the Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I feel like any discussion of broadcasting has to include Phil Hendry, perhaps the greatest of them all. Because Phil just makes fun of radio. His whole show is him doing fake characters. Right. His entire gig is talk radio is dumb. So here's me doing the host and the guest, and I'm doing all the characters. How many shows are in his archive? How many times did he prove that people will just call in? They'll never notice that it's just Phil doing all the voices. 
all the right. characters. Right? Yeah, you're you actually you're the one who turned me on to him. I never I never knew about him until until you told me about him. Then I started listening. I was like, whoa, this guy is on a whole different level. He's of so funny. <laughs> I love it. Portland on the Phil Henry Show. Hello. Hi. Yes. You know, you really should be blessed to have those children come see you. They've overcome a lot. They can teach other kids things about their lives. I agree. You know, I think that if you, the way you can not talk to you, how are they going to talk to talk to the other kids? They can talk just like any other kid. They got the the retardation deal going on. They can't. How are you going to talk to the other kids? Come here for a minute, Joey. Forget Joey, will you? Say hi to this lady. Come here. Say no, hi to. I don't care about say hi to people Lee. who you have. Uh, uh, okay. There. You gonna talk to him? What are you doing, Ted? Okay. Get Joey. Uh, give the phone back to Ted, will you? What? What are you doing with that poor kid? I want him to have a conversation with the lady. She says you can talk to him. I think I at some point I tried to make a segment and said oh who are your top five i don't give a shit if we ever counted one two three four five or not <laughs> all right we can be done with that we love broadcasting So, the wife and I have been watching a lot of Mount Everest documentaries. Mount Everest documentaries. What do you know about Mount Everest, Tony? I've got to ask. Mount Everest documentaries are entertaining the idea of climbing Everest. Is that what I'm hearing? No, God no. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Neither of us. Tell me more. I guess. Tell me more about why you're so into the Mount Everest. Uh, so, not exactly sure how we found it, but it was called Into Thin Air or Into the Air or something like that. And it was the story of a 1990s expedition that went to Mount Everest. Well, it's actually the story of multiple expeditions that were at Everest at the same time because I guess there's an entire climb the mountain industry and on the documentary they were saying this is big business and these guides will take essentially anyone who pays up Everest if you've got 60 grand and you want to try and make it to the summit there's some dude from New Zealand who finished like third in the X Games or something and he'll sell you an expedition Never mind that you have to climb through something called the death zone, where there is no oxygen, so your brain can just swell up and shut down, or your lungs can fill up with fluid and kill you. Dude, everything I know about Everest, I can say in about six words. Go ahead. If you go up there, you are going to die. That's what I know about that. That's, (laughs) That's all I know. But here's the thing. Almost everybody dies trying to get back down. It's incredible. 
Here's what apparently happens. There's so many of these X Games tour guys selling expeditions um, that there ends up being traffic jams on the mountain. There's no five-lane highway up there, Anthony. It's one rope, and all of these idiots are clipped to it in a single-file line. And that, like, slows the whole thing down. You're only as fast as your slowest climber now. I guess some people, you know, are daring. They'll unclip and just walk around and go past. But generally speaking, people stay clipped to the line. And it's not an exaggeration. There'll be, like, 25, 30 people in this traffic jam. And... What we heard on the documentary was the law of Everest is that no matter where you are, at 2 p.m., you turn around and start headed back down. But people are people, and they don't always follow that. If you're that close to the summit, are you going to turn back? They've been stuck in this traffic jam, and God damn it, this is the lifelong dream. I'm going to make it to the top. Yeah. You know, which is cool. You're motivated. It's a great accomplishment. But guess what? Making it to the top does not make the death zone suddenly disappear. It's not like Nintendo, where if you beat the final boss, fun music starts and the balloons drop. No, it's not like that. You're still 8,800 meters in the air. And you've been up there for a long, long time. And now you got to try and get back down. And what happens is people run out of oxygen. Either literally, like where their tanks run out, or more figuratively, where just some of their muscles won't work anymore. So they can't move. Or, like I said, their brain shuts down from some altitude sickness thing, and they just drift off into the eternal snow nap. And what the survivors on the documentary were saying was, bro, even though you're up there in this traffic jam with 30 other people, you are on your own. There is no, oh, don't worry about it, we'll help you down. Because at that altitude, in that terrain... Nobody can come along and just pick you up, especially not somebody else who's been up above the death zone for as long as you have. And it's wild, man, because they leave the bodies up there. For real, there's like all of these dead bodies on the side of that mountain because logistically, it's really difficult to get them down. So anyway, yeah, kind of brutal. Congrats on making it to the summit, but your slow ass took so long to get up there, you die trying to get back down. Womp womp. That's one of the sickest and saddest things I've ever contemplated of, oh, you accomplished this lifelong goal that, what, less than 1% of 1% of 1% of climbers even attempt. You know what I mean? And you did it. You got to the top. Did it. All you gotta do is get, all you gotta do is get down to the bottom, but you ended up dying, so now your great feet nobody even knows about, technically. That's horrifying. Horrifying. Tommy, I would like to congratulate you for introducing me to a very dark place that I, I didn't think I was going to go today, so, um, you know, we accomplished one thing today, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. We accomplished everything we set out to do, and more. Nothing goes together like the art of broadcasting and the horror of dying on Mount Everest.